good. How are you? I'm fine. Well, I like to introduce myself. My name is Michaela Gold Pittman. I am a freshman at Virginia Tech and I am majoring in general engineering. How about you? So my name is Kimberly KDOB. I am a sophomore at Virginia Tech and I'm majoring in chemical engineering. Oh my gosh, I think I know you. <laughs> I think we <laughs> roommates, but I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, we're roommates. Oh my god. Oh my god, small world. That's amazing. Right? Crazy. So what are we talking about today? Um, so you know, we're just going over some questions from you know our leadership journal three and yeah, just talking about what we learned from you know the past two weeks in module six and seven and yeah. Okay. So, I figured that we have some questions that we can answer. So, well, while going through these modules, what emotions did you experience while learning the content? Um, I think I want to start with talking about the exercise we did last week, talking about, you know, like discussing how our communities look like at different points in our lives. And I think, mm-hmm. I don't know, it was interesting to me to recall things in my life and like things that I have forgotten or never thought about. And it was interesting to hear how other Africans like me in our recitation group grew up so different when usually it would be thought to be like, you know, we all had the same upbringing, but I mean, like to, for me and Jeremiah to relate over being called an African booty scratcher. I mean, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been called an African booty scratcher? Actually, I definitely have. And I, I do get to talk about that today, but as a joke, but it's today more of a, yeah. Oh, wow. I thought that well, was like, like something you know, in like, third grade like that's the last time I've been called that like I would say like middle school intermediate school you can you know now nowadays being African is cool so I don't think we'll ever hear yeah there's always some some people that just take it as a joke and they like to bring back the past and just seem childish about it you know yeah yeah I used to get called that back in the day but it never really affected me I've never felt ashamed to be called an African or to be black. Did you ever think of it as like a microaggression? Um, yeah, all the time. Like especially, there's a lot of microaggressions that we really ignored back in the day. But like they knew. Yeah. They <laughs> like I remember, like with the makeup, like people would be like, "Oh, that makeup won't fit you," or "Oh, you uh, can't wear that. You can't do that. Why do you sound like that? Why do you speak white? Like what? Why do you speak of color?" Yeah. Oh, do you remember when, like, when Ebola was, like, reaching the U.S. and people said, oh, you must have Ebola, you must have Ebola just because we're African? Yeah, and the crazy part is I was there when the Ebola virus broke out. So when I told people that I was from Liberia, a lot of people were like, oh, no. Oh, man. So, yeah, I had to deal with that. Hmm. I know that must have been rough. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, but, yeah, like, just it. I guess, like, the emotions I experienced, it just made me recall all those things and made me realize, like, wow, like, when I was younger, I dealt with a lot of microaggressions and things that I just didn't realize were a thing until I was just asked about it this week, you know? So Mm -hmm. what about you? So for me, some emotions that I experienced while learning the content, it's like, so, like, I was looking at the Module 7, I believe. Yeah, I was looking at the Module 7. And they were talking about how we still need work in our society. Like women, the LGBT, the LGBT community and people of color are still facing discrimination on the job. And it's like, why are we still going through that situation when we're supposed to be moving forward 
Like we we've done the protests, we've spoke out, we've been on social media. We have people who are now like siding with us. We have people who are changing their mindset so they can be more inclusive and diverse and accepting of other cultures. And for some reason, we still face this. Like, why is it still something that we go? Why is it still something that we go through all the time when we're supposed to be working towards a better future? So mm-hmm. it's kind of it's not really anger, but more of concern and disappointment in our society. Yeah, I definitely feel that. It's like. I mean, since, like, 1965 with the Civil Rights Act, it's, like, why is it to this day? It's, like, not that, I mean, obviously we've made, you know, strides since then, but it's, like, why is this still something that we are facing on this kind of level? Like, you would think by now Mm -hmm. it would die down, but it's, like, is it increasing? Is it, like, you know, like, it, (laughs) I, like, I definitely feel the sort of, like, disappointment and concern that you have because, I mean, at this point, like, don't you think that they should learn by now? Like, why is it still occurring? And I think, yeah. I definitely think, like, it's definitely, like, generational. I mean, what your parents say is, I mean, it definitely has a toll on how you think. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's what's happening I mean, all across the world. And until we break those things, which I feel like is happening in our generation, I feel like that's when the change is going to occur. But I don't know, I still feel like there's going to be, like, small microaggressions here and there, and the only way for us to be better is if we educate those on it yeah. and for us to move forward. Mm-hmm. That's all we can really do. So, what truth or conforming idea surfaced for you while looking at the content? Um, you know, so, I don't know if you saw my discussion post, but... It was just basically asking if you can have diversity without inclusion. And so I felt that it was like it was impossible. But, mm-hmm. you know, because of the responses that I got, it made me realize that you can. Like just because a group is diverse doesn't mean everybody feels included. And I definitely yeah. feel that because I've been around a group of Africans and I felt left out sometimes because maybe yeah. like, they know more African songs than I do or mm-hmm. maybe they can dance better, know our language better, like things like that. And it was till everybody was like responding to me and like not criticism, of course, but just disagreeing. It made me change my perspective. And, and then it made me ask myself, like, what does diversity even mean? Because before I had the idea of oh, maybe diversity just has to do with races, but like it's more than that. It's like diversity means just different backgrounds, different, just different everything, like just a different type yeah, of person. Like- like intersectionality, like there's different levels to diversity. You have to worry about the gender. You have to worry about your yeah. personal beliefs, your interests, your age group. Like mm-hmm. there's so much to diversity. And That's so the thing true. is, like, I feel like if you, but I feel like the connotation around diversity is definitely around race. Because mm-hmm. if you see a group of people, like if you see an ad and it's just all white people, you're going to think, mm, that's not diverse. But maybe mm-hmm. one of them, is like, like you know what I'm saying like maybe one of them is 18 another one's 27 that's a boy that's a girl this one uh belongs to LGBT community you know like and that's diverse too yeah good point very good point yeah so that's true. what about you so for me so it opened my eyes um we had not this week's meeting but last week's meeting we wrote poems about ourselves um we use the template and it just turns out that everyone the majority of the class 
we all wrote about the world. We all wrote about how we were concerned, how we have children hurt, how people are suffering in this world. And it just opens my eyes, like, how messed up is our world, really? Like, mm-hmm. there's some days, like, us personally, we go through days without a care. Like, we do our schoolwork, we eat, we sleep, we just live life. And then there's other people who just go through the worst situations. And it doesn't even enter our minds sometimes unless we see it on social media or mm-hmm. we see it on some type of other source. So, it's like, we really live life every day fortunate than others and other people are really going through these terrible situations and it's just like how bad really is our world so the fact like the majority of our class writes about how they feel sorry and how they're like hurt for our world because even I wrote about it especially with Mm -hmm. the Breonna Taylor case like I wrote about how like I just fear for our generation and the way we operate like with Donald Trump and people who are Trump supporters and those who like they're purposely just evil and they do evil things and think that it's okay. Like, it just mm-hmm. makes me wonder, like, what's really going on in our world and how can we fix that? Yeah, and I thought it was interesting to see that it wasn't just, you know, African-Americans talking about that. It was more like it was allies. And it made me realize that, you know, this just this definitely goes beyond our community. Like, mm-hmm. this is affecting everybody. Not, not just like, you know, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery, like this, I mean, with COVID too, like so many, I'm pretty sure everybody, like some somebody within our community can raise their hand and say like their family was affected by COVID. And yeah. I feel like that's the crazy thing. So it just shows what's going on in our society. It's affecting everyone. Like it's not just yeah. the African-American community. Like there's oh, so yeah, many other course. things happening. And then even with like SARS and, um, and Nigeria, it's like, I mean, like mm-hmm. so many things are happening. So like you said, and- when people wake up and, you know, going to class and you see people, you know, walking by, you never know what somebody's going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's crazy. Like, especially in SARS, like, for example, we're talking about police brutality and we link it to the African-American community. Well, Nigeria yeah. is in Africa. That's all African mm-hmm. dealing with police brutality. So it's against our own brethren. So it's not even about, it's not always about, like, race or about yeah. one community being attacked. It's about the action that's being done. And what can we do to stop this action? And I'm pretty sure not a lot of people know about SARS and what's happening in Nigeria, which is the mm-hmm. crazy thing. And then, so that that's even more of a point that, you know, like, because I'm Nigerian and I'm walking around acting like everything's okay. But if there was, like, an exercise like this poem, I would bring attention to that and know, but, like, I guess it would be that poem that people realize, oh, hmm, like they would be educated on that. And without that poem, I'm pretty sure, you know, maybe those other people that was listening that really understood the gravity of what's going on because of how many people are talking about it. Mm-hmm. That's very true. But I was actually going to talk about that for, you know, what was the most impactful surprise? Because I was surprised to see how many people were, you know, how many people's poem was about the terrible things that's happening in our society. Yeah. But yours was good, though. Like, you talked about your future and how you see good things. Like, it was good to see a change in narrative. Um, I mean, I guess I was trying to change the narrative, but then I was like, you know, is this a mockery of what's going on? Like, maybe should I have talked about, you know, what's going on in our society? Because that's important to me, too. But, I mean, dang. Like, I don't know. I felt like... Yeah, like, all the negative things that happen in our society, we always have to find the light in certain situations. Like, we have we can't always fight fire with fire or always look at things at a negative perspective. We have to find positivity. Yeah. 
so I, I guess I hope my poem was like a yeah, everybody, you know, motivate yourselves and you know mm-hmm. have confidence in your future and yeah. Yeah. Also for the impactful surprise, I was gonna talk about like how I mentioned earlier, like um how in our communities in the workspace people are still being criticized today. Because I always like I'm always saying, Oh yeah, we're moving up in our society. Oh my gosh, like diversity, inclusion, more black people are becoming engineers. Oh my gosh, they're mm-hmm. accepting us. But then every time I see something happen, it's like we're taking a step back and it's always it's not surprising, but it still gets me because I'm always under the impression that we're moving up. So whenever I mm-hmm. see something like another police brutality case or I see Donald Trump say something ignorant or I see um, an alert, like, for example, I was just looking on Instagram and you know how we have the Virginia Tech Black Students page? It, they just mm-hmm. uploaded a new post. So... It's like, wow, again, another situation. Like, I thought we were moving up. I thought we were working towards a better future. I thought we were trying to change the narrative of how people feel about, like, minorities and how they feel about people who are non-superior. Like, so, Mm -hmm. yeah, that always catches me up, son. Maybe, like, if you look at it, like, I feel like we're still moving forward because, I mean, obviously, if you were to think about, you know, the 1860s, 19th, like, if you were to think about those times and think about times now, how we're able to, I mean, like, segregation in our dorm, like, is very diverse if, like, if you were to compare it to 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. Or if you're, like, if we were to think about the workplace and things like that. And it's, like, I know, you know, none of these things are going to change overnight or over 100 years, I guess. But I do feel like we're moving forward. But obviously, like, there's going to be obstacles in our way that, We'll have to, yeah. you know, tackle. But it's like, I guess what you're saying is with these obstacles, are we defeating the obstacles or are we letting it hinder us from, you know, progress? So I don't think we won't be hindered from progress. Like, of course, we're going to uh, we're gonna encounter, like, obstacles in life. But the way we are working, I believe we're working towards a better future. We're going to get to the future that we want to see. We can make the change that we want to see in our life. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to let little obstacle stoppers. Yeah. You know, now I'm thinking, another thing that was surprising to me is when listening to Lauren's podcast, like, that podcast, like, I, I remember listening to it, that wasn't filmed, filmed, I mean, like, months ago. And the fact that the podcast still ties into what we're currently going through, I feel like, mm-hmm. in my opinion, I feel like that's sad. Like, the amount of talk about COVID in that podcast and even diversity and what's happening in our society, it's like, it goes to what you're saying, like, are things even improving? Like, are we at a standstill, you know? Yeah, that's how I felt like back in the day that talked about, like, rights or not even back in the day, maybe 2016 or 2017, like, songs that talk about police brutality, like, it's still fly to this day. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, like, are there even any changes? But mm-hmm. now that we look back at it, like you said, like, I think so, because even in, <laughs> you know, sorry, we experienced, you know how things go, but um, I guess we can, like, jump back on, you know, how we're talking about Lauren's podcast and how we're just surprised at how the political climate, I mean, just the climate of our society is the same from when they're talking about it months ago to now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, as I was saying, I felt the same way. Like, about how you said that her podcast still resonates with us today. 
that's how I felt about like songs. Like when you listen to songs back in the day, like not even that far off, maybe 2016, 2017, where we're discussing police brutality and hate in our society. Like we can mm-hmm. still sing those songs today and still feel that in our hearts. So at times it does make me think like, oh, wow, are we even progressing? Mm-hmm. But then, um, like I said, I still think we are. I think we are because um, even in my African studies class, my teacher said that we had, he's had, we have the most diverse class that he's ever seen. And it's interesting because it's about African studies, you know, so many people are trying to learn about African studies. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like, that's great news to hear. And especially like, um, Virginia Tech, like when you look up the school and you look up the um, diversity or the um, the the sorry, whatever. <laughs> sorry, when you try to look at the the demographic, the student demographics they mentioned that like the percentage of black students are like six percent but now we just they made a new announcement that they've seen the most diversity they've ever seen in school so i think that's actually a really good jump yeah i mean and it's true because looking at like the freshman class i was like wow or even walking around campus i'm like there's definitely a whole lot more um, african-americans than what i've seen last year when i was a freshman Mm. Also, I think another thing um, that I want to bring up from Lauren's podcast was how, like, the advice she was giving us on, you know, how to make this semester better. And I, another mm-hmm. thing is, like, just how crazy it was that she's given us this advice months ago and how this advice still applies. But yeah. I guess I just find people and people who are driven to, like, meaningful and actual, like, intellectual conversations because – the only thing that's going to change our society is having intellectual conversations or yeah. having conversations that, you know, that are monumental and that break barriers because, I mean, that's why um, I was having a conversation with a Trump supporter, you know, back in the summer because, I mean, obviously that's a tough conversation. I mean, who yeah, wants it's always going to be a tough conversation. Yeah, like who wants to have a conversation with someone that has different single opinions, but that's the only way for our society to change if yeah. both sides can come together and discuss like civilly. just settle differences and have a conversation yeah nice, nice. okay so, so how like what are you curious about now like after all these modules okay so um, after looking at the congruence module, I was curious because we started talking about how nowadays we use social media to spread information and to figure things out. And on the article, they were talking about how back in the day they would do sit-ins, protests, and they found everything out by going to town hall. So I wanted to know, like, where did that shift occur? Like, where did we start deciding that, oh, let's just post everything on social media? Like, how did we get to that point? to where we would meet up and figure out everything in person to going on social media. And not that it's a bad thing. Like, we get all our resources, everything that we need, we can find on social media easy right there. Mm-hmm. But I feel like back in the day, the motivation was there. And the intent... Yeah, to actually get up and go. Yeah, the intent to find a solution to a problem, it was there. Like, people were getting up ready to go to protest, getting up to go vote. 
But here, like on social media now, if you see something that says get up and go vote, are you sure you're going to go get up and vote? Are you Mm -hmm. sure you're going to go to this protest? Like you may have donated a dollar towards George Floyd, but are you going to go get up and do more? So I feel like back in the day, we had much more. So I wanted to know where that shift occurred. Mm -hmm. So I guess like I would say the shift occurred with technology, of course. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I've always been a firm believer in saying like technology has, I mean, it's made things more efficient, but I feel that it has also made us lazier because we rely on technology so much, which yeah. is why you probably, which is why you probably feel like, you know, we don't have the drive anymore. But then also, I feel like, like I don't know if it's just me, but do you feel overwhelmed by like how many things is like occurring in our society that's just bad? Yeah, I feel like, like especially when you go I, on social media. Mm-hmm, just so many things are jumping out at you. And I feel like because we have social media, we're able to be, you know, aware of more things. Whereas back in the day, it's like, I mean, if we were still in the same, like, I guess if like, if we're in the same, like, timeline and we were still, you know, going to town hall to find out about things, we would be going to town hall every second of the day because there's always <laughs> something happening. Like, sure. <laughs> you would stay at town hall 24-7 and... So I feel like that's a good thing about social media because we have the opportunity to become more aware about things. And, and so I feel like they didn't have the opportunity back in the day. Yeah. But um, I guess, like, what I'm curious about is, like, I guess, like, I was also curious about how effective having, like, all these things jump out at us on social media is because, Obviously, like, it also takes a toll on our mental health. And, you know, it's like, it's hard to see, you know, what information is even true. Because with social media, there's so many things that can just come out of us that's a lie. And I feel like the a lot of lies circulating can affect our, you know, for one election. It can affect how, I guess, like, people's opinions towards certain yeah. matters, like Black Lives Matter. And, like, and so it makes me wonder how effective is having everything released up on like Twitter or Instagram because just a quick little Photoshop or editing skills can just really change things. And like, for example, um, let me see if I remember specifically what happened, but it was on the news when a police car like drove through a crowd of protesters. And yeah. so what was on the news was like a, like a clip portion of it, like wasn't the full video. And so when you watch the full video, it's like you see more about the situation, what happened. And so if you, like, you have a portion of people that saw the clip video and mm-hmm. they made their own ideas. And then you have a portion of people that saw the full video and made their own ideas. And then now when it's both sides are arguing, it's like there's one side that's just misinformed because of what social media can do. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then don't forget, we also have the people who saw it with their own eyes. Yeah, and then the people that saw with their own eyes, like, that's a whole other thing. So it's just, with all these things, like, so many people, so many people, so many different perspectives, it's hard because not everybody's getting the same information. Whereas, like, you know, like you said, back when people used to go to town hall, everybody got the same information. Yeah. And um, I was going to say something else. Hmm. Mm, I can't remember. But... um. And I was also kind of curious about how within our, you know, LSDRC council, 
can we have inclusion within diversity? Because, I mean, like, I feel like our group is pretty diverse, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that everybody feels included. And so I guess I'm kind of curious of how we can do things to where, like, or do things that make sure that everybody feels included. Yeah, definitely. I feel like we can have, like, I really enjoyed that conversation that we had where we talked about upbringing because, like, it mm-hmm. didn't really all that we're and we're going to have different experiences in life and different stories that shape us as to who we are. So if we can do more activities like that, I feel like that will really connect us all in a really good way mm-hmm. and it'll create, like, a nice sisterhood or brotherhood with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So after that conversation, I did feel a little more connected to everybody, like, hearing about everybody's mm-hmm. background. And I guess, like, that's the only way to feel, I guess, comfortable with others if you know where they came from. Right. Exactly. That's so true. So, like, what are you discovering about yourself from this content? Um, I would say that, so, like, like again, speaking back to that activity, it made me realize how privileged I am because, I mean, I always knew that I was a privileged Black woman, but that activity made me realize how privileged I really am in, like compared to like the normal person or the normal Black mm-hmm. person or the normal Black woman. And, you know, like, and then I started to analyze myself and how I act in society, my community, and those around me. And I feel like I don't mm-hmm. act like I'm privileged. Like, I don't act like I'm uppity on my high horse or anything like that. Like, I feel that I'm a very relatable person, no matter what, yeah. you know, no, like, no matter what, um, like, other people that I'm around are going through. And so, I mean, I guess, like, it makes me a little proud of myself that I don't act like I'm so privileged. And mm-hmm. um, it made me realize that, I guess, it made me, like, I guess, because everybody else in our like recitation group wasn't as privileged, I still felt included because I like I understood what they're going through because those like the people in my community were just the same and I was able to relate to them still. So I 